The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Sprocky, and I'm the host of Always Another Way podcast. I have a master's in professional counseling, and I am the Ippy Award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I write positive divorce advice for the Huff Post, and I'm trained in clinical hypnosis. And this podcast is for out-of-the-box thinkers, and for those who hear the call of hope in Always Another Way. And if you're very rigid and set in your beliefs, this is probably not your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And today's episode is sponsored by Salon Pompeo in Dallas. And I have these headphones on because my guest is distant, but I'm going to take them off for a second so you can just see that they do the best blow dries ever. So, super gorgeous. And then back on here. And they have so many things there, um, like you can get your hair done, your nails done. They have a boutique with beautiful items, all priced under $100. They've got makeup, coffee, everything you need to just grab and go and look beautiful. And every single person that works there is absolutely amazing and trained by Deanna. And if you have not heard about Deanna, if you check out our last um, episode, 91, with Deanna DePizio Johnson, you are going to hear an amazing story. But today, um, this is just, it's, I'm so excited to have this guest on. And um, this is just something that I've actually been working on myself just over the years. And we're going to talk about the importance of speaking up. And uh, way back when, I don't know who coined this phrase that children are to be seen and not heard, but uh, they need to go or hopefully they're gone, because that begins that downward spiral of where you don't have a voice. And then things become harder, and depending on how you grew up, situations you grew up in, plus just the cultural uh, culture around it, and especially like for women too, to just be maybe like the trophy wife or other things, um, it can be hard. But my guest today is just an expert in that and so many other things. And I want to tell you about her. Lale Hancock is a leadership and entrepreneurial coach, professional services consultant, personal wellness mentor, and founder and CEO of the global professional services company, Balempo. Uh, Lale boasts 30 years of experience in operational ex excellence, change management and business consulting and has inspired and empowered thousands of individuals, including Fortune 500 executives, government agencies, nonprofit organizations, athletes, and veterans. A highly respected executive and leadership close, Lale has a particular interest in supporting and encouraging the leadership capabilities of women in business, in the workplace, at home, and in the wider community. She's featured alongside luminaries such as Oprah Winfrey, Melinda Gates, and Ginny Rometty in the 2019 publications, American Leading Ladies, Stories of Courage, Challenge, and Triumph. So welcome to the show, Lale. 
Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, I am just so excited to talk to you. And then just from like, just the beginning of your story, your family fled Iran when you were seven years old. And I have a daughter that's eight right now. And I just, I can't imagine anything like that. So from your very beginnings, what was that like? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, sharing this story has had me like actually reliving <laughs> some of those moments and not realizing as a young child, you actually have a lot more that you understand than what your parents think you understand. Yes. And, you know, like you were saying, like most of us have learned, you know, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. And also like kids are not to be speaking, speaking their voice or anything like that. So as much as I was aware of a lot of what was happening, I mean, we left 24 hours after the revolution began. Wow. We spent the night, the last night at my grandmother's house with family surrounding us and left at five in the morning. So it really was one of those quick, get out of the country as fast as you can, because we just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. That's, and, I mean, that's just crazy to think if anybody just had to like, suddenly something happens and then, you know, probably not here, but if it happened here, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah. Super scary. <laughs> and then yeah. you moved and then went into another disaster. <laughs> Well, there has been a few yeah. along the way. <laughs> um, I first moved to France and we were there for a few years and then moved to the U.S. And when I lived in L.A., L.A., man, it had five disasters in five years. Oh. And unfortunately, that fifth year was one of the biggest earthquakes in Northridge that California had experienced so far. And it really made an impact on looking at where do I live? Do I stay here? I can't sleep at night. Or do I actually move to the East Coast, which is where I wanted to be? And so you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, um, and then, you know, I guess I want to know, you know, be beyond that that we talked about, why do you think speaking up is just so hard for people in, in a variety of areas? And maybe we'll kind of walk through them like um, – Let's talk about speaking up in relationships. Why do you think, why do you think people have a hard time doing that? Well, I mean, think about relationship. Just the word alone means the separation between two points. So how much pressure is there to have a relationship? And then when you have a relationship and it's that courtship, you know, you start to get to know each other and you start to share everything. Realize those moments of, you know what, uh, my partner didn't like it when I said this last time, or when I open up, my partner starts to shrivel up, or, you know, there's moments that we realize what we'd like to share, the other person may not be able to receive. Yeah. So we start to hold back, but we don't hold back. We tend to hold it and bottle it up until there's a situation, there's a conversation, and then that bottle kind of blows up in itself. Oh, I know that because I used to do that too, like go to speak up once and then get a reaction that was like, <laughs> not what I wanted. 
and, and to hold up like that. And so, and I think probably everybody listening has had that with somebody somewhere where you want to say something, you get up the courage to frame it the right way and then boom. And then, so what do you do then? Cause what I did is I would just do exactly what you said, hold that resentment. It would get bottled up. And then I would maybe internally think like, mm, can't go there. Not going to talk to that person about that thing. And then, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> You know, there's actually this term, it's called allowance. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, the amount of money you pay your kids to do errands around the house. <laughs> but it's not. It's actually allowing you to be you and honor you while also allowing someone else to be them. I think a lot of times, especially as women, we love to talk, we love to share, whatever it is, how our day was, our feelings, but men function different. They just are different. Their brains, their synapse of their brain is different. So we also have to know like not to hold back, but also be more aware of what can this person actually hear right now? What can they receive? And is the moment you're trying to share, is that the moment that actually works for them as well? So there's this honoring of you and them. And as women, I think if we're willing to take that moment and ask that question, we'll know, not the perfect timing, but we'll know when the environment is actually going to create something greater than to make it be a snowball that just became even greater for that next blow up. Right. And then what about, so with that, and what about like in workplace stuff? Yeah. 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 I mean, oh. this still applies at work. Yeah. You know, so often people want to have a conversation, even with an employee. You know, I work a lot with executives. And one of the things I have to share with them is even though you think you're the boss, that doesn't mean that the moment that you'd like to have this conversation is the ideal moment. And your tone, your body language, and the way that you frame it, if you go from an attack mode, the first thing the other person has to do is put up their energetic walls and want to fight back. Neither one of you wins. However, if you're willing to actually go more from a question, instead of accusing them, ask questions, gain information, it's almost like you get to maneuver and figure out how to get them to one, tell the truth of what really happened, but also allow it to become a growth moment for you and for them instead of just an attack of judgment of what went wrong. Right. So it's all about the phrasing, not just coming in and going after somebody. It's the willingness not to think you're the only one who has it right as well. You know, I think a lot of times we want to be the right. What if you don't have to be right or wrong, but you're going to actually create the environment that will allow the growth to happen, allow more creativity to actually happen. Like most managers, they beat up their employees with what they did wrong. Well, guess what? That employee is going to fear each time they have to come and have a conversation with you. And it's not going to get them to be creative at work. But if you do it more from that place of like, hey, okay, what happened here? Yeah. And let's kind of, you know, go, go with that further. You just said that. So let's say you want to have a conversation with somebody who's just super impossible to have a conversation with. <laughs> Even if you do like um, all of those things, um, you know, what do you do with that person? <laughs> 
You know, I, I think of them like the salesman, you know, and there's this tool from Access Consciousness and the right voice for you. And it's called the energy pool. Yeah. Like when someone's very aggressive, imagine you are pulling them and their body to the floor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what you do is you deactivate their defense mode. Mm -hmm. And so how does that, how does that look like? Like, okay, so you're just imagining that and then. Yeah, you just imagine it. And what happens is you relax because uh -huh. the first thing is when the person's like that, I think our walls go up. Yeah. You know, we want to go to defense ourselves. So if you're willing just to even say walls down, barriers down, just like almost imagine those walls literally coming down your body and going into the earth. Mm -hmm. And then just like a fun play, like as if you literally have a little knot on their body and you're just pulling it down and they won't know what happened, but they put their walls down. They tend to take a breath, they relax, and you can actually have a conversation instead of it being this tennis ball that goes back between you and them. Nice. Very, very nice. And then moving through kind of these other realms is that you mentioned um, about like cultural sensitivity. And so from like me particularly being just like on the white end of things and, um, you know, knowing all that, what about that, about speaking up with people and what to do about wanting to be, you know, I certainly want to be like respectful and kind and not overstep, you know, all of that stuff. What do you tell people when they're wanting to do stuff like that or ask questions about things? You know, the first thing I'm going to say is relax. When you relax and your body's relaxed, the other person energetically just magically relaxes as well. And I think sometimes when we're trying to be the proper person around culture, we tend to put the foot in our mouth instead of actually being ourselves yeah. and treating it like you would having a conversation with anybody. Um, so I would say sometimes don't overthink. The overthinking will get you to say things that tend to be more inappropriate than what's actually going to be kindness and caring with the other person. Right. Um, but the same thing, instead of going and telling them, what if you'd be willing to ask them questions and invite them into the conversation so it becomes an engaging conversation, not a one-person conversation? Oh, very nice. Very nice. And then... Um, you know, we know that probably, you know, besides just the children, and I like that you mentioned earlier, because I did remember when I was a child thinking, I know more than these people think that I know, <laughs> and told myself, remember this when you're older, kids know more than you think. Um, that both children and women especially um, were just kind of conditioned to maybe stand on the sidelines. What are some tips that you might give to, and not just women, but anybody out there who is just thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm scared to, to speak up about something. Like how do they kind of find that courage or mentally go through like, you know, in their, in their mind, this type of scenario? Yeah, you know, the first thing is most of us actually know so much more innately than the education we've had. So, you know, the first place is, what if you wrote down just a list of what are things that you think you know? You know, what are things you're good at? What are things that come so easy for you? And just for a moment, celebrate that. And then write a list of all the things, and you'll never remember all of it, but just like, what are things you wish you knew more information about? 
What are things you can educate yourself about? And what you'll find is the things you put on that list that you don't know, you actually know more than you think you know. And that starts actually us having a little more confidence in ourselves. And then I always say, if you don't know where you're going, how will you know you got there? So even identifying Ooh, what would I like my life to be like in five years? What would I like to add to my life? Like start looking at the future you. What does the future you look like or be like? And then how can you incorporate steps today to get you there? I think most of us do hide because we learn that from our moms. We learned it from our grandmothers. We learned it from our teachers. And it's not our natural ability. Think of how many kids do you know that are three years old and they hide? Other than, you know, peekaboo mm -hmm. or you know, hide and go seek. But they're present. They are there. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And that's one of the things with um, one of my programs, right, Voice for You, we, it's almost like bringing out the three-year-old in you, yeah. you know, that curious, fun, playful, the one who's willing to look at the adventures of life and not all the difficulty and all the challenges. And when we do a lot of different exercises and things to get people there, but like one of the key aspects is what if you're actually more curious than you are shy? Mm. Nice. Yeah. You know, so just some self learning of you. And then I always say is you are unique. Don't try to blend in. Don't try to be like everyone else. Don't try to be the best practice that's happening somewhere else. There's a uniqueness in you being you. There's a uniqueness in your own voice to share your own ideas to share. And when you're not willing to share it, you're actually doing a disjustice, not just for the business, not just for your relationship, but for the whole world. And when we start to see that we are a gift and that our voice is a gift, like truly what are ways we can share that gift with the world? I love that. And let's just go off on that. So tell, tell us a little bit about your program, Finding the Right Voice yeah. for You. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds super so, interesting. Yeah. I, um, I actually got trained in this um, from Right Voice for You as an access consciousness specialty class. And one of the things is that a lot of times we think of our voice as the vocal cord, like the voice that we're sharing. But we bring people on stage, you know, stage is one area that most people think that they're going to freak out and it's just not going to work for them. But they start to see how much they actually enjoy it. We do tools about lowering their barriers, receiving from everyone, but also they end up experiencing the, the real them. They start to let all the masks that they've been wearing, like I'm the mom, I'm the boss, I'm the this, I'm the that. They start to allow that to melt away and actually allow the oneness of them. And their oneness of them is this joyful person. It's this charismatic person that just enjoys life. And when that starts to seep through, you start to see them smiling. And the, even, even how they're willing to be on a Facebook you know, post or Facebook Live ends up being different because then they are more willing to be themselves. Yeah. Most people, when they think they have to be something, is when they hide because that's not the real them. Yeah, that's for sure true. And did you wonder, like, from from growing up till now, like, uh, for you know, for you personally, 
were you ever just like uh, afraid to speak up and then just like coming into your own or were you just always just a speaker up or go-getter? Oh, no. I mean, you shared it. When I left Iran, I was seven. And when I got to France, I really knew, I didn't know how long we were going to be there. My dad had stayed behind. Like there was so much that occurred with that adventure getting to France. And I knew I had two choices, not knowing where I was going, what I was going to do, what my life was going to be like. I can stay at home and hide. And then I had another choice. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So what if I got to know as many people as possible while I'm here? And then if I leave, oh, well, I got to meet a lot of people. So that's been my motto in life is how can I get to know as many people in the world as possible? That is super cool. And just to kind of come up with that, and especially, you know, as a kid with all of that stuff just going on and to just evolve to that is just is super amazing, but just what a good thing to just make choices like that. Um, and, yeah. then- and that's the other thing I really want to talk about is our kids. I'm a yeah. conscious, conscious um, um, kids facilitator. And one of the things we share is our kids know so much more than their age. Yeah. And even babies, they know they need you. They pull that energy. They could scream loud. They could do whatever they want and you'll be there and like two seconds. So what if we never gave that up? Ooh. What if deeper. that's still within you? <laughs> yeah. And so like, what if you would be willing to actually allow that to shine and allow you to know? So even like when you're talking to kids or adults or whoever work or at home, like that's what I was saying. When you stay in the question in that curious mode, instead of the attack mode, you let them allowed their awareness to shine and for them to let you know what do they know even though they don't know they know it yet yeah that's excellent and that's really such a good reframe is to pose things in a curious way i i really love that that's 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 really really great and did you ever have um i mean even now do you ever have hard times speaking up about things or saying do you want to say or do you do a little like internal prep at all yes (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I have to apply the tools every single day in my own personal life. It's not something like you hit a destination and then poof, it's gone. Now you don't have to worry about those things, but it, it's easier. And the more you practice, the more you're being you, it's actually easier. Um, but there is moments when there are people who are being the aggressives and they want to have a voice and don't let others speak. And in those moments, we actually have to ask more questions like, if I say something, will it create greater right now? Because having your voice also means silence. Mm, yeah. And sometimes silence is the best voice you can ever have. So it's the willingness not to shrink. Don't shrink yourself when you're silent, but the willingness to be a listener and know when you can speak up and say something that will make an influence. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, and with that, this is just like a little bit different, but what if you get all this courage to speak up and then foot and mouth? (laughs) (laughs) And I've, I've done that like... Just so brilliantly, so many times, and then want to shrink, but then no shrinking. <laughs> you know, I, but see, okay, what if foot in the mouth's not wrong? 
Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. I would, I would have liked that advice a long time ago. <laughs> I think most of us make it such a big deal that even we put the foot in the mouth, most people have no idea. Yeah. But we just blew it up and made it so everybody even knew. So you can make jokes. Oh, you know what? I put my foot in my mouth again. I'm sorry about that. And just kid about it and move on. Uh -huh. Like things don't have to stick, but that's what we do. We think we have to make everything significant. Don't make it significant. Just move on and see how quickly you can actually um, change the situation. Oh, that's really, really good. And speaking of significance, this is a little bit, you know, off the, off the side, but um, how do you find like different um, things to find significant in your life? Yeah, that's one of my rules is I'm trying not to make anything significant in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when we make it significant, we have to make it very solid and there's not a lot of room for creativity or change when things are solid. So if you are willing to let things be that constant changing of the energy of it, the tone of it, the creativity of it, what you'll realize is truly what else is possible I haven't considered is one of the questions that I love to ask because mm. um, it allows me to stay in the present and not try to duplicate or try to make it significant from something that occurred before. Everything's evolving and changing all the time. And if you're willing not to be significant, you allow those changes to actually occur much faster. Yeah, that's right. To be just being open and being in the flow with things to allow things to happen. Yeah, yeah I like that because sometimes, and I don't know who said this, you get better than you might have expected or imagined too, which is- I have, I have one for you. Even yeah. if, like, no matter how amazing everything is, ask, how does it get even better than this? Yeah. Or if something's not going well, so you're having difficulties, ask, how does it get even better than this? And you'll realize like how quickly it can get even better. Yeah. And have you used that, like these types of tools and stuff to just help you get out of different mindset? Totally. Well. Even get out of bed on days that's difficult to get out of bed. I use these tools every single day because it really helps me to stay present and to be myself. Because most of us, you know, we're very aware of what's going on. I have a global business. I deal with people all around the world. And it doesn't matter the hour of the day, I can tell what's going on in their world. And so to try not to let it affect me, but allow me to have it as information, I really have to be willing to, you know, apply these tools. Otherwise, it's so easy. The monkey mind takes over. Yeah, that's for sure. And it also seems like it's separating like the hard, strong emotion from like facts and things that are going on too, and not just playing into that quick jab. <laughs> and no matter how, whatever, you can call it terrible, whatever, no matter what the difficulties are, if you don't make it significant, if we just look at it like, okay, we need to have the awareness of what's going on. Because once we're aware of it, then we can ask, okay, what can we be or do different to change this? Who do we need to talk to? Who do we need to add to this? that will bring it from a different perspective. Like the, if you're willing to stay in the question and not be like, okay, this is a problem. It has to stay a problem. It can actually become a possibility for a new solution, a new product, a new relationship you never even thought about. Right. That's for sure true. And if there was um, anything that you wanted to, you know, maybe tell people or talk about that 
that we just haven't covered yet that you think is just super important um, things to know or just a little bit more about, you know, why, why speaking up and why having these changes is just going to, and I think they're just life-changing things. Yeah, I think the first thing I would like to say is, what if everything you ever thought was a problem or a wrongness of you was one of your strongness hiding and showing itself in a different way? Ooh. And when we really stop judging ourselves and stop making every situation be a problem, that's when actually we're using our magic creativity, we're being ourselves and we're willing to spin it from a different perspective. And, you know, I talk to people all the time who even have financial problems or whatever, they have relationship problems. And I say, okay, if this was not a problem, it was a possibility, what possibility would it be you haven't even thought about yet? Oh, that's an excellent reframe there. Yeah. yeah. Really good. And it always changes that molecule to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely life-changing. And so what's, what's next for you and what are you getting into now? Well, um, I've been traveling a lot, like every week I'm in a different country. So for me, this year has a lot of that. And as you know, you know, I'm in this book, America's Leading Ladies, which I'm so excited Congratulations. about. Congratulations. Yeah, that's super cool. Thank you. We are actually having a book launch in Florida on the 28th of February and 29th of February. And I'm, I'm just excited about getting this book out in the world because it is, it's 50 women coming together and talking about leadership from such a different perspective. And some of the names you know, some of the names you don't know, but they're all amazing people who have turned those problems into possibilities, into solutions, into products, into new businesses, and really shining to see that nothing has to hold us back. We can be such greater leaders in our own lives if we're willing. That's awesome. And we really do need more just like female, powerful role models, considering from just like way back when. And, and when you were little, did you notice any, um, you know, female role models from, from back then? I was even trying to think about that myself. Yeah. You know, it's so funny for me, it was like characters in the movies and stuff like that. Like Wonder Woman was one that I always looked up to. I loved her outfit, by the way, you uh -huh, know, right? and the, <laughs> the handcuffs and stuff. But, yeah. um, but one of the things that I realized is like truly the willingness to be different. And if, we as women are willing not to try to fit in and be like everyone else. It is our uniqueness just shining through. It's such an inspiration and invitation for others. And when I say that, I don't mean just women and we exclude the men, please. That, that's not really ever going to help us. Everything I'm sharing can apply to men or women, but it's just sometimes women tend to hide it more than men do. Yeah. And, when, and I mean, and just traditionally, we've had just less because more men have been in power for a long, long time, you know, than women coming up and less female CEOs, but everybody's coming up and coming up more now, which is just super cool to make a little just varied playing field of things. And, um, and I also think it's just, it's super important for any person, you know, male or female to see somebody that's inspirational that looks like you, you know, to relate to. You know, one of the things I found is like most people think to be a leader and to be an inspiration, they have to look a certain way. They have to talk a certain way. But this is where I want to invite you to be you. 
Yeah. When you are you, you are this just people are drawn to you. You're not fake. They can actually relate to you and you become that inspiration. So what if being a leader is not the words you say, it's not any of the things that we thought it was. It's actually those moments you're willing to be comfortable in your own skin and just have fun. <laughs> right? Because that's super refreshing, you know, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. And I wonder how we got to this, um, but side note that's related to what you just said, to a place where we are, because I know for, for myself from a young age, you know, that wanting to put on a mask to be like, I want people to like me and be this and, you know, nobody's going to like this. And you get a little ahead of that. And then when you grow into an adult, I don't know if you found this too, that finding people that can break through that mask of what we kind of put on as children to be like authentic and real is really wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about it more, like everywhere you go now, it's about be the unicorn, be you, change the world, you know, which there's actually an amazing book out there with that title. Um, but it really is that we're all discovering all the lies that we bought that we had to duplicate others it doesn't actually work for us. And for us to actually succeed, we have to be willing to be the authentic ourselves and not try to be, even not even try to be your, what your mom was. And even in parenting, I think so often, you know, we find ourselves like, even as we're talking with our kids, like becoming our moms instead of, you know what, what would you choose as a parent? And what if it's so different than what was available when your mom was parenting you? Right. Always new stuff. <laughs> Always new stuff. Yeah. And then the kids will learn and everybody will keep learning. And the kids of this generation, they're different. Yeah. They don't do it the way we did it. They don't listen the way we listen. They have their own voice and they want to share it with the world. And the more we empower them to be themselves, even if it means they wear clothes that don't match or, or say things that we wouldn't think was appropriate, it actually invites them to a different voice now and for the future. Oh, I love that. I really do believe that too, because just the more we just give people just voices to speak up, you know, just the better I think the world can always be. Yeah. And what if we don't have to do it from force? What if we don't have to do it from fight? Because mm. I think a lot of times women have found like they had to fight for their voice. Mm -hmm. And fighting isn't going to really solve it. Like, remember I was telling you that tennis ball going back and forth between people, yeah. you end up not really solving anything that way. But if you're willing to have no wall and barrier in the need to fight, but you're willing to engage, you're willing to invite them to what you know, you'll realize that you can get further. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, absolutely. Nobody wants to be in a fight. I mean, maybe people do. But some people do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Some people do enjoy that fight, but I, I tend to think that they've got to be miserable inside somewhere. If you're just always like fighting and mean, to me, that's got to be like a crappy existence inside if you're not getting out of that. But, but even I don't know. those. <laughs> But even those people, like they, some of them come to my classes and they come with these rough edges and, you know, the walls up and then they leave as these kind beings that you never even knew existed inside them. So I, I don't know. I always find that you never know what someone has had to live through. That's true. And when we have no judgments of them and we're willing to be ourselves, we do invite them to melt their walls too. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. 
Very, very nice. And so with all of this, where can people find you, get a hold of you, all of that stuff? And we're going to put it in the show notes too. So if you don't remember, it will be there. The easiest place is the website. It's bellapimo.com, B-E-L-A-P-E-M-O.com. And we have lots of different places on the site where you can just contact us and we'll be happy to get it back with you. Well, I just love your um, your energy, your openness, and just all the things you said about really just letting walls down and the words you said for just changing things and speaking up. It is just, I think, just so important for people. And you've just given so much great information um, that I think is just completely life-changing. Um, and when you have better communication, I think that changes everything. Thank you so much for this and for the possibility of being here and being able to share these tools because that's my target. You know, you ask, what are you up to? My target is to empower everyone in the world to know that they have a voice and they can have such a greater voice of whatever they desire to be and be the leaders of their own lives. I love that. Well, we're going to end on that beautiful note. And thank you so much again, Lale, for coming in, sharing your story and spreading your wisdom. And I will have all of her contact information in the show notes. And for all of you listening, there is always another way. Mm -hmm.